morning, everyone. Once again, it's a, a great blessing to be with you this morning. Um, my name is Father Peter, and, um, and uh, again, I work in the, in the office, uh, in the vocations office, uh, journeying with the young, the young men who are discerning, who are thinking, praying, whether God is calling them to be a priest. And as I mentioned, one of the things that we do is we, we go around to the different communities um, and, and um, preach on this topic of vocation, what that means, um, what is it that, that the Lord is doing in our hearts, and something, something very fundamental that not just for priests, but for each of us, um, we, have to, we have to be aware of and, and, and know how the Lord is speaking to us. A little bit about myself. Um, I come from a family of five, so there's four boys and, and one girl in my family. I'm uh, right in the middle. I'm the third child, my older brother, older sister, and two younger brothers. My mom and dad have been married for about 41 years. I was, I, grew, I was born and raised in the city of Baldwin Park, which is in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, my parents are still in the same home where I grew up. And I, I really credit my, my faith, my relationship with Jesus, to my parents, um, because my parents were very, very faithful people. They're so very faithful people. And they taught us in a very powerful way, I would say, mostly through their witness, this, this great love of, of God the Father and how much Jesus um, desires for us to know him. I remember as a kid, right, growing up, going to Mass every Sunday, my parents would take us to confession pretty regularly. I think once a month we would go to confession together as a family. Um, we would pray the rosary every night at 7 p.m., and I used to hate it. It was the worst thing ever. Um, now I look back and I thank God for, for the things that my parents taught us. Um, but, you know, but one of the things that I, I, I very vividly remember is very often um, we would go to family, my, my family's homes and we would pray the rosary. As a kid, I didn't really understand why we were praying the rosary, why, what we were doing there. And then later on, as I kind of matured and grew and maybe started understanding things a little bit more, I realized that we were praying the rosary for our loved ones who had passed away. In Latino culture, um, one of the things that we do is we pray a novena after somebody has passed away, usually for, for nine days after the passing of the person. And I remember as a kid, we have a big family. My dad's one of 13, my mom's one of eight. And so a lot of relatives who throughout our lives um, passed. And, and we would oftentimes, you know, find ourselves in, in, these, in our family's homes. And so, you know, as I started to understand a little bit more what was going on in those, those rosaries, I also started to understand why we were praying. But, you know, it was interesting because um, even though we were there for the death of a loved one, it wasn't like, you know, sometimes we look at death as something scary, as something uh, kind of hard to, to approach, something difficult to address. And yet, I think because we, we became so accustomed that even that sense of praying for the person who had passed away gave, us, gave, gave a different sense to what death was. For me as a child, as a young man, as, as I matured to be uh, a teenager and, and then a young adult, I, I started to, to understand death in a different way. And especially my brothers and sisters, as I started to understand my faith a little bit better, as I started to grow in my relationship with Jesus. You know, I've been a priest for four years. I got ordained in, in 2018, so not too long ago. And this might sound a little bit weird, but one of my favorite things to do is funerals. It's a little odd, right? <laughs> but I think I, think I like doing funerals. I, I like doing funerals because it's really one of the times in our lives that we really get to reflect on the deep questions of life. Right? So oftentimes, I mean, those of you who are maybe a little bit older, 
we know. We know that life can move on very quickly and we kind of just move through life and, and we don't really think about what's next. We're living kind of just day by day. And, and we forget. We forget that this is a reality in our life. And then you confront something like this. You confront the death of a loved one. You confront the death of a, of a family member, of somebody who you really loved. And it kind of shocks you. And it makes us stop for a second and ask ourselves some real important questions. You know, yesterday I had a very interesting experience. I went to um, my, I have a cousin who I haven't spoken in years. I rarely see her. Uh, she's married, she has, she has some kids. I knew uh, just recently her husband had passed away. He was very young, he was 39 years old. And she called me and she says, Peter, can, do you mind coming and doing the funeral services? And I, know, I, I knew that she wasn't um, practicing, she wasn't a Catholic. And I knew that her husband also wasn't, wasn't a, a, a Catholic. Um, as a matter of fact, he wasn't even baptized. And she, she came to me, and, she, and I said, well, what, Patty, why do, why do you want us to do that? And she said, you know, I, we, we, we kind of believe in God. We, we, we want to have a relationship with him. But, and I find it very difficult to believe that this is, this is it, that this is, this is the end. And she says, the only person that I can think of was, was you. And not because of what I can offer, but because me as a priest give the message of the church, of Christ himself, who gives us a better meaning, a true meaning of what death is for us. You know, for, for us as Catholics, we're very used to, every time we come into a Catholic church, we see this image of Jesus crucified on the cross. When we go to our homes, I imagine that most of us have a crucifix somewhere in our homes. Maybe some of you are carrying a crucifix around your neck um, in, a, in, a, in a necklace. And we're very used to seeing this image of Jesus who died for us on the cross. Probably too used to it. We're probably too used to seeing this image. But remember, I, I want to remind you of what it, of what it symbolizes. First, it symbolizes the conquering of death itself. The, the God of the universe realizes that there's a brokenness in our humanity. We're weak. We see it in ourselves. You know, how, how oftentimes do we do things that are, are not good? There's something broken within us sometimes. There's anger, there's resentment, there's fear, there's hate. There's a lot of things that weighs us down. God as a good father realizes that and he sends his son to redeem us of those things that can keep us from truly living. And he comes for us and he dies for us on the cross. But sometimes we get stuck there. Sometimes we see this image and we think that's it. This is, this is the message of Jesus Christ. That he loved us so much that he gave his only son so that we can have eternal life. But remember what St. Paul says. He says, if Christ would not have resurrected, all of this, meaning Christ dying on the cross, would have been in vain. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have made a difference if Christ would not have resurrected. Christ not only dies for us on the cross, my brothers and sisters, but he teaches us what life is after death. In other words, for us as Christians, as Catholics, we don't believe that death is the end. But we believe that it's the next step to our life in union with God. And, it's, and, I, and I, I find it so amazing, my friends, what Jesus is saying in the gospel today. He's, he's being asked this question about 
marriage and, and, and who's going to be married in heaven or not. And he says, you're asking the wrong question. If heaven is about being in union with God, if heaven is about being in, in, in communion with the Lord, if heaven is our eyes being open and seeing what life is really about, he says, that is life. You'll be fully alive. Those other things don't matter. Your eyes will be open so much so that the things of the world that sometimes make us to not see clearly will, not, will no longer be there. He says, God is the God of the living. And that's what God desires for us, my friends. God desires for us to be alive in the, in the culture that we live of death, in the culture that we are, are in the midst of that sometimes can be pretty sad and pretty depressive and, and can, can lead us to really lose hope. God teaches us that in the middle of suffering, there's something greater. And he offers us what the world can't. You know, for a long time in my life, I thought that the things of the world were going to make me happy. Money, having a good college degree, being successful. And yeah, maybe those things, they're not necessarily bad. They're good. But if, that's, if that becomes the only thing that we're living for, then we're losing sight of the things that really matter. Because today, we, re we read in the, in the first reading, we read in the gospel, this question of death. And again, I said that death makes us question and ask ourselves some real important questions. And the biggest question that it makes us ask is, what is my life about? What am I living for? What are the things that really matter in my life? Because I encounter so many people, myself included, that sometimes we live in the superficial things. We live in the resentment, we live in the anger, we live in the fears, we live in those things that limit us from really being fully alive. And again, that's why Jesus Christ came, to give us hope for something more. But remember that this is an invitation. God offers life. He offers true and authentic life. When the world offers things that only last so long, only a happiness, a satisfaction, a fulfillment that only lasts so long. God offers something that is eternal. And again, it's an invitation that we have. Just like, just like when we receive a gift, we have two options. We have the option of receiving that gift and opening it up and using it, or we have the option of putting that gift aside and ignoring it. God gives us the gift of being able to choose life. And it's an invitation that we have, all of us, that we have to take on. And we have to make the effort to understand it and to grow in it. And today, as I mentioned, my job in, in the Archdiocese is, is to um, journey with the young people who are discerning the, what God is calling them to. And the word vocation is interesting because it's, it doesn't only apply to, to us as priests or us as nuns. It applies to each and every one of us. What does the word vocation mean? The word vocation means to call. And if somebody is calling God, if somebody is calling, what does that imply? It implies that it has, there has to be a listener. And again, we have the invitation to either listen or to ignore. But not to listen the way that the, we listen to the rest of the world. We have to silence our hearts 
We have to be attentive to how the Lord is speaking to us. And when we listen to the Lord, that vocation, that calling, is then revealed in our lives. I remember I was in, I was in college. I was a, a junior in college towards the end of my junior year. And I had my life figured out. During that time, I was kind of dating a girl. I was, um, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I had a job kind of set up already. I, um, I wanted to get married, have a bunch of kids. I wanna, wanted to be successful, have a good job, make tons of money, buy a nice house, a nice car, and live happily ever after, right? And I was very good at telling God those things, right? God, this is what I want. Give me those things. And we're very good at that, right? How many of us um, are, are, are good at telling the Lord the things that we need? We do it every day, probably. Lord, I'm struggling with this. You know, my family, my sons, my, my husband, my wife, we're, we're going through these, these, these things, and we're very good at telling the Lord the things that we, that we need, and, and that's good. That's not, that's not a bad thing. But how oftentimes do we stop and do we reflect and do we listen to what the Lord is telling us? I was a junior in college, and this priest, he said, why don't you stop by the chapel every day and ask the Lord this simple question, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? You know, every day we come, when we come to Mass or when we are, we're at home or in class, we pray the Our Father. And we're very used to that prayer. But remember a very important line in the, in the Our Father. It says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I don't think sometimes we mean that. Because most of the decisions that we make, we make them because it's beneficial for me. Because it's what I want. It's what's good for me. It's what's, what's convenient for me. It's what makes me happy. And very rarely, I think, do we consider the will of God in our lives. I remember doing that. I would walk from my campus to my dorm, and there was a, there was a school, I mean, there was a chapel on the way to, to my dorm. And every night, I would stop for about 15 minutes, and I would just sit there and say, Lord, what do you want from me? What are you, what are you asking for me to do? And I remember the first couple weeks, week, week or two, were very difficult, were challenging, because I, didn't, I wasn't experiencing anything. I wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't hearing anything. But then slowly, God started to soften my heart and started to speak to me in a very powerful and direct way. And this idea of the priesthood started to come into my heart. And there was a lot of fears. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of doubts that I had. And I, and I remember rejecting that and saying, God, I, I don't want that. That's not what's going to make me happy. And God kept insisting. And finally I said, all right, Lord, this is what you want. Open up some doors, possibilities, and make it happen. And I'll trust that you're, you're doing this. Many years later, 10, 12 years later, we got ordained a priest, and I've never been happier. When we do the will of God, my friends, when we, are, when we do what we're created for, because that's what a vocation is, to listen to what our Father, who is a good Father, who knows what's good for us, what's best for us, when we do His will, that's when we're the happiest and the most fulfilled. Now, some of you might be asking, you know, I'm married, I have my kids, I have my wife, my husband, why do I need to consider vocation anymore, right? Well, remember that the Holy Spirit is constantly moving. 
So maybe in your, in your vocation as a husband, as a wife, maybe God is calling you to be a better husband, to be a better wife. Maybe he's calling you to be a better son, a, a better father, a better mother. Maybe he's calling you for you to reconcile something within your family that needs to be reconciled. There's always something that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, calling us to be better, to do better, to work at. So your vocation to marriage, first of all, if you're, if you're married, God has a great plan in that. And God can do some amazing things through your relationship, through that love. Remember that the, the most beautiful image that, I, that I, the church gives of marriage is that marriage is the greatest reflection of God's love to the world. How much did God love the world? He gave his son, and Jesus gave his life. A man and a woman give their life for each other completely in marriage. And that's the greatest sign of love. Are you living that in your vocation? Is that a reflection of, of, of your vocation as a married man, a married woman, to others, to your children, to your loved ones around you? But then we have this, we have maybe more of us, all of our students are here today. And we have to ask ourselves, oftentimes, we don't really even consider what the Lord is, is trying to do in our lives and our hearts. Right? We're very good at telling Jesus, Jesus, this is what I want. This is what I need. My mom would always tell me, there's a reason why God gave you two ears and only one mouth. So that you listen more than you speak, right? Do we listen to what Jesus wants for us? Do we listen and are attentive to how the Lord is moving our hearts? God desires for us to be happy. And those of you who are parents know this, right? Sometimes you tell your kids to do certain things, even if they don't like it, because you know what's best for them. Our Father sometimes invites us to do certain things, even when we don't like it even when it's inconvenient or we think it's not, we're not going to be happy. But we, the outcome, if we're faithful to that, is always that, a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of happiness. And so today, as, we, as I share with you a little bit about vocation, that's my biggest invitation, my, my brothers and sisters. First, in the readings, we hear about this topic of death, which can be a scary thing. But it's also an, a good opportunity for us to reflect on the the, the, the deeper questions of life. And to ask yourself, am I living for the things that really have value or am I living for the things that are superficial, that one day will end? And then the second question is, Lord, what do you want from me? What are you inviting me to do? Sometimes you might think that what God hasn't planned for you is not convenient or it's not what I want. But again, I reassure you that if we trust in the Lord, Whatever it is that God is putting in your heart, that's where the Lord will give you and offer you the greatest sense of joy and peace, and most importantly, what Jesus says today, life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God desires for us to be alive now, now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We start that now. And we do that by beginning, by being faithful to listen to the vocation, to the calling that God has placed in our lives. So I pray for, for all of us. <clears throat> I especially uh, invite you to ask our Blessed Mother Mary, right? Mary, a young woman of 15 years old, said yes to Jesus, said yes to God from the very beginning. And that yes was not just one time, but it lasted all her life. Her yes was faithful. If our yes is faithful every day when we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I want to be faithful to you today. I want to follow your calling for me. God transforms and changes our hearts and does some amazing things. Through a woman, a young girl who was 15 years old,
God changed the history of the world. Imagine if all of us were to say yes to the calling that God has for us, how much different our world would be. Because God has something great in mind for you. And so I invite you, my friends, to to follow the example of our Blessed Mother, of all the saints, to, to follow what the Lord is calling you to do. It might be a lot of fears, a lot of doubts, but I assure you that's where you find true life. May our Lord give us the grace to be able to do that. Amen? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.